Welcome this morning, Country Christian Center. And uh, we will open our service with prayer here. Lord, thank you so much for another beautiful day you've created and given to us. And we just uh, rejoice in it. And are thankful we get to come here and meet with other people of faith that believe in you and trust in you. And that we get to fellowship with one another. And we get to praise you and just be uplifted by that action. And we just thank you for who you are. And we love you very much. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I also want to say, happy Grandparents Day. How many of you knew it was Grandparents Day? I thought it's kind of interesting. And I actually didn't really pay attention either until I married my wife. And it was very, she, she definitely is a good job of, of remembering that. And it is. It's a national holiday. It's always the, the next Sunday after Labor Day. And it was instituted by Jimmy Carter in 1978. And uh, I don't know. It just kind of struck me. It's like, I wonder why it's not a little more well-known. Like, yeah, I, I didn't, like I say, until marrying Audrey, didn't really pay attention to it. Generally speaking, it's kind of like, ah. But grandparents are really important. So today, I just kind of wanted to like do a little kind of spotlight or, or honoring of grandparents. In uh, Proverbs 13, 22, it says... A good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children, but the sinner's wealth is laid up for the righteous. In Proverbs 17, it uh, says in, in Proverbs 17, 6, Grandchildren are the crown of the aged, and the glory of children is their father's. And then also in Psalms, there's a really good passage that, that is talking about grandparents. And I'm going to start in verse 12 through 14. The righteous flourish like the palm tree and grow like a cedar in Lebanon. They are planted in the house of the Lord. They flourish in the court, courts of our God. They will still bear fruit in their old age. They are ever full of sap and green. And I really like that one because it just... It, I think it's talking directly to, to your whole life. You're, you're giving back your whole life. And, and where it talks about your, they're ever full and full of sap and green, meaning still viable, good. Like, there's a, lo- there's a lot of value there. So, yeah, it just, it, it just I don't know, it hit me that uh, I think it kind of, yeah, your grandparents, but very, very important, very, very important to a family. And I was just thinking some of the different roles grandparents fill. I'm going to be thinking, I just wrote down a few, and then I want to open it up to have you guys just pop off with different roles grandparents can fill. I just have encourager to parents and grandkids, role model, mentor, someone to talk to, someone safe to talk to. Uh, practical is child care. That's huge. Teacher, a whole lifetime of skills you've learned. You can teach to your grandkids. 
And you've probably already taught some to your kids, but sometimes your kids aren't too interested. Sometimes a grandkid really wants to learn. So there's just, there's just a few I kind of skimmed. What are some other ones? Prayer warrior. Prayer warrior. Anyone else? The other one I just kind of thought of is sometimes it so happens you end up being the parent role again to your grandkids. Sometimes life happens such that you're now parent, which is, once again, huge. Spoiler? Hey, that's what my, that's what my wife said. She's like, ah, spoiler role there. It's true. Taxi driver, chauffeur, anyone else? Maybe some of you kids are thinking of one that your grandparents do to you that didn't say, that, that they're that to you. Anything else? Quality time? Counselor? These are good. These are all, all true, and there's... I say, it seems like grandparents, and they take their role seriously, it, there's a lot of roles they, they step into and fill, fill the gaps for families in different situations. And I just, I just want to say I'm very thankful for my parents and Audrey's parents. As grandkids are our kids, I get, we get the privilege of living very close to my parents since they can interact that way. And, and Audrey's parents, even though they're in Illinois, because of technology, FaceTime, they have a, they have a relationship with their kids. And they talk to him, and man, it's it's funny. We kind of we, we joke about, like, especially we call him Grampy. There's on Facetime, and he's bringing this. He's bringing the tea kettle. It's whistling, explaining how it boils, and he's he's always thinking of different things to show him, in just even over Facetime. And they did just they'd make the effort. They drove out about three weeks ago and spent a week with us, and it was kind of the joke that they were they wanted to come see us, kind of, but it was really for. At least, in, at least in moments. They, they do a very good job of making that relationship happen even though they're in Illinois. And I kind of just want to say on a personal note too, that you guys that have grandparents still alive, it's, it's pretty cool. Like I, I, I did meet all my grandparents, but I no longer have any grandparents. And I really only knew two, actually. I, I, my, I did meet my granddad, but I was five when he passed away. And I, and I, 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 I remember... I do remember meeting him, but I really didn't have a relationship with him. And uh, it's important. And, I, and I've been blessed with older people, like, kind of filling that role, so to speak. But there's still, I mean, it's your grandparents, your grandparents. And I want to also thank my parents, my grandfather, my mom's dad, who I did know, didn't exactly uh, make quite a few poor choices in his life. But even with that, and... You know, my, my grandparents separated, my mom, my grandpa left, my mom was nine, so mom, my mom could have kind of been bitter and kind of like shut him out, and kind of would have been justified, if you will, in that, but she didn't, and he got to come down and spend time with us a few different times for even months at a time, and would actually live with us, and so now, so I had a relationship with my grandfather, even though I don't know, mentor, my parents, I guess I was, I was proud of my parents that, that he was in our home, and he was grandpa, and they weren't scared, I guess, of that, that he definitely lived a different life. He was respectful, and I didn't, he was respectful, and he wasn't teaching us all kinds of bad stuff, but he had plenty of stories and stuff, but, but that didn't, that's, I guess he was a blessing in my life, even with that, and my parents did, did a good job in uh, fostering that relationship, I guess.
So to you that have grandparents, I guess my challenge today is take today as an opportunity. It's, it is Grandparents' Day. Sometimes it can be awkward to say, you know, thank you, Grandpa or Grandma, and I really appreciate you, and this is why. Take the opportunity today to do that, kind of as an excuse. Say, hey, it's Grandparents' Day, and uh, really appreciate them because they are very important. And just, I guess I want to say to your grandparents, it's important. If you don't have grandkids, go find some. And if you don't have a grandparent, go find a grandparent because it's mutually blessing. And it's, I, I think it's very much the heart of Jesus to where adoptive, that mentality, we're adopted in to the family of God. It's huge. And it can be just as special as, as a biological grandparent. So that's, that's what I have today. And I just invite uh, the worship team to come this time. The first 11 chapters of Genesis, and we are only in chapter 1, and that is okay, because I, we are going to enjoy this, and we'll play this song occasionally, and so in case you get tired and you need something catchy in your mind, we'll keep playing this, and pretty soon you'll all know it as good as I do. <clears throat> Genesis chapter 1, verses 11 through 25 is where we're going to go this morning, and I'm going to have you stand while we read, so you don't fall asleep while we're reading. Genesis chapter 1, starting at verse 11. Then God said, let the earth bring forth grass, the herb that yields seed and the fruit tree that yields fruit according to its kind, whose seed is in itself on the earth. And it was so. And the earth brought forth grass, the herb that yields seed according to its kind, and the tree that yields fruit, whose seed is in itself according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. So the evening and the morning were the third day. Then God said, let there be lights in the firmament of the heavens to divide the day from the night, and let them be for signs and seasons and for days and years, and let them be for lights in the firmament of the heavens to give light on the earth. And it was so. <clears throat> then God made two great lights, the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night. He made the stars also. God set them in the firmament of the heavens to give light on the earth and to rule over the day and over the night and to divide the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good. So the evening and the morning were the fourth day. Then God said, let the waters abound with the abundance of living creatures and let birds fly above the earth across the face of the firmament of the heavens. So God created great sea creatures and every living thing that moves with which the waters abounded according to their kind and every winged bird according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. And God blessed them, saying, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the waters in the seas, and let birds multiply on the earth. So the evening and the morning were the fifth day. <clears throat> then God said, Let the earth bring forth the living creature according to its kind, cattle and creeping things and beasts of the field of the earth, each according to its kind. And it was so. And God made the beast of the earth according to its kind, cattle according to its kind, and everything that creeps on the earth according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. Father, we thank you for your word this morning. I pray that as we look more in, at creation, Lord, that you would open our ears to hear. Give me the words to share, and we just pray that you would be glorified through it all. In your name we pray, amen. You can be seated. <clears throat> so... Last week, we talked about God creating something out of nothing, and he's continuing to do so, and he's doing it in an orderly fashion, because God, I, I preached a while back about God being a God of order, 
and he does things in order. And he has a reason for the way that he does things. And so when he created the firmament and he separated the waters and he separated the land and he's separating all these things and now he's got those things set up. And so now he's, he's putting, he's creating grass and herbs and trees to fill the earth, to, to fill the land. He's also preparing for where we're going in a few verses down where he's preparing to put animals on the earth. He's preparing the earth for them to be there because if he would put the animals there first, they wouldn't have anything to eat. And so he does things in a particular order and there's a reason for why he does things the way he does them and in the order that he does them. So we see that he's creating order. We see that he's setting up one step at a time for where he's headed with creation. He knows what he's going to create, but he's got to do it in the right order. <clears throat> he keeps, he, he says that, you know, you're going to, he's going to produce, the earth is going to produce grass and it's going to produce herbs and it's going to produce trees and it keeps saying that it's going to yield seeds and it's going to yield fruit according to its kind. So when God is creating these things, he's taking nothing and he's speaking and it says it was so. And it was so. And God said, and then it says, and it was so. And so that's the way that things happen. I want to look at Luke chapter 6. Verses 43 through 45. For a good tree does not bear bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. For every tree is known by its own fruit. For men do not gather figs from thorns, nor do they gather grapes from a bramble bush. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good, and an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth evil. For out of the abundance of the heart his mouth speaks. God is creating Everything according to its kind. It's going to reproduce according to its kind. We can't, you know, man has taken different trees and different animals and we've figured out ways to put them together to create something different. We grow apples and, you know, there isn't just one kind of apple now. There's hundreds of kinds of apples and it's because they've taken two different strains of apples and put them together to make something different, supposedly something better. But what we're doing, what man has done and God has allowed to happen is he's taking something that already exists when we're trying to improve it. Sometimes this is okay, sometimes this is not okay. Depends on what you're messing with. Depends on how you're changing it. But God is creating from nothing. Like I said last week, he didn't have any pre-existing matter that he was working with. He was working, there wasn't anything. So he said, and it was so. And he has allowed us to change things and make things different. He's given us the wisdom to do that, whether it's always wisdom or whether it's not, I'm not sure. But we have something that we're working with to begin with. God did not have anything that he was working with. But it's the same thing that we're talking about here. There's a lot of different directions you can go if looking at Luke because it says that it reproduces after its kind. Everything was according to its kind. And in the same way that we are born with a sin nature. And if we don't make an effort to change things, to 
look to God to accept what he's done for us on the cross, we will produce after our kind, and that is more sin. And so God is creating things. He's, he's creating this order. And it goes for us too. There's an order there. And if we don't make a conscious effort to follow what he says, to believe what he says, then we will produce after our kind, which is the sinful nature. One other verse that I'd like to read is James chapter three, and this is talking about the tongue. But James three, verses eight through 12, and it says this, but no man can tame the tongue. It is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. With it we bless our God and Father, and with it we curse men who have been made in the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceed blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not to be so. Does a spring send forth fresh water and bitter from the same opening? Can a fig tree, my brethren, bear olives, or a grapevine bear figs? Thus no spring yields both salt water and fresh. God is setting things up in an order, and if we plant grapes, we should not expect to pick apples. It's just, it seems like common sense based on what is being said in Genesis when God is creating. He creates these things to produce after their kind, according to its kind. It keeps repeating that, according to its kind. And it's a good reminder to us that the things that we take in, the things that we consume, that we listen to, that we watch, that we do, the activities that we do, that is what is going to come out. And in Luke, it said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Whatever it is that we take in, that's what's going to come out. In Genesis, it talks about things according to its kind, and I just want to encourage us to be aware of what it is that we are taking in. Be aware of what it is that we are watching or listening to or partaking in or being a part of because that is what's going to come out. And we shouldn't expect anything different. If you plant one thing, you should expect that to be what you're going to harvest. And it works the same way in our lives today. Everything that God created on day three produced seed after its kind. He's very specific in saying that. I don't know if you've ever, I was just thinking this morning, uh, we're picking apples right now, and in a couple, a few of the orchards, the weeds in the row have gotten away from us. But you get to this time of year, and the fruit's there, and you don't want to damage anything, and so you just kind of watch it, and we'll take care of it later. But those weeds because they're out of place, are producing seed of their own kind like crazy. That's why they grow again the next year and the next year. Have you ever watched, have you ever observed how things, because everything that grows is going to produce seed of its own kind, right? So have you ever watched how they distribute that seed? We know, uh, we're very familiar with tumbleweed here. It's real. Have you ever read about the tumbleweed? Have you ever, I took a class one time that was explaining about the tumbleweed and how many thousands of seeds each plant can have. And then it dries up and it breaks loose and the lovely wind that we have blows it across your field and you can see the next spring the exact path that that weed took because there's, seed, there's seeds that are sprouting all the way across that field. It's, it's pretty incredible, except that I don't like tumbleweeds. 
But it does. Everything produces according to its kind. And God has set it up so that it will reproduce according to its kind and it will continue to grow and continue to grow and to continue to grow. We deal with tackweed around here, goat heads. Those things are nasty and you have to get out, stay after them for years in order to get ahead of them. And if you get behind one year, you're, you're back at it for the next seven or eight years. But everything produces after its kind. It's really pretty incredible. And to, to look at these and to realize how these things work and they produce the seed and they've, God has given these plants a way to transport their seed to different places and around and we still struggle to understand or to, to believe the greatness of our God. And this is just the plants. We haven't even got to the animals yet or the people. And this is just the plants that God said, and it was so. It's amazing. I don't like weeds any more than anybody else do, does, but if you look at them and see what they do and how they, it's really quite quite interesting to look at. And these are the things that God spoke into existence. These are the things that God created. So every seed according to its kind. And God saw, again, he's paying attention. He's seeing what's happening. He's looking around and he saw that it was good. So the evening and the morning were the third day. Then God said, let there be lights in the firmament of the heavens to divide the day from the night. So earlier and last time we talked about separating the night from the light from the darkness. Now he's putting lights in place. He's putting lights in the firmament to divide the day from the night. Psalm 74, 17 says, you have set all the borders of the earth. You have made summer and winter. If we keep going, it says, let there be lights in the firmament of the heavens to divide the day from the night and let them be for signs and seasons and for days and years and let them be for lights in the firmament of the heavens to give light on the earth. And it was so. <laughs> now, if you move to the New Testament, this is God creating light and separating the light and putting different lights for our benefit. But then you move to the Old Testament and the parallel is that God sent his son who is the light of the world. Comparisons that we just take for granted and we don't really think about, but God is creating the actual light that is here, but he also himself is the light to be able to wrap our mind around what this really means is very, very difficult. But it is, because everything that we're studying right here and everything that we're going to go through in Genesis and everything everywhere in the Bible, it all points to Jesus. Everything points to Jesus. Because he's the main character. Like we said last week, God is the main character. The sun and the moon and the stars is what he's putting in place. But it's really interesting to me, do you see what it says right here in verse 16? It says, then God made two great lights, the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night. It does not say the sun to rule the day and the moon to rule the night. It doesn't specifically name them. And I was reading just a little commentary and just one of the thoughts behind why it doesn't specifically name them is because as soon as something is named, you know what we try to do? We try to make it a God. 
We try to worship it. And so he doesn't name them right here. He says the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night. And then he made the stars and set them in the firmament of the heavens to give light on the earth to rule over the day and over the night and divide the light from the darkness. The sun, the moon, and the stars are portrayed as servants of God that would fulfill three roles. And the three roles that they're going to fulfill, that they were set there to fulfill, one is separating the day from the night. It's to separate the day from the night. The next one is marking seasons. It says for, se- uh, for signs and for seasons. And one of the reasons that seasons can be important is because it marks seasons so that those worshiping the creator can keep their appointed festivals. Which I thought was interesting because, again, he puts the stars, he puts the greater light and the lesser light, and he puts the stars, and, and, and we can tell time by where the sun is and different stars and all that. I'm not really into that that much, but I know it's there and I know it's possible, and that's what's done a lot. The problem is we start to worship these things. We start to forget that there was somebody that created them. They are a creation of a creator, and if you look at the way that he set these things up, what an amazing creator we have. Why would we ever want to settle with worshiping the creation when we can worship the one that created. Why would we settle for the creation? We get to enjoy it. He set it up for our benefit. He set it up for us to be able to live here and to be able to enjoy. Why in the world would we want to set, why would we want to settle with worshiping what has been created? I do not understand. Because God is so much more powerful. He's the one that spoke. He's the one that said it. And it was so. And why would we want to worship something that he created when the whole purpose is to worship him. Separating day and night, marking seasons so that, we, so that the children of Israel or his people would know the different festivals or the different things that they were supposed to keep. And the last one is providing light on the earth. If we don't have light on the earth, we don't do a lot of the stuff that we enjoy doing. For sure don't get to farm because it's not anything that doesn't grow without light. The light is important. Again, Jesus is the light. So we're talking about creation, but we're also talking about Jesus. We're talking about both. He's the light. He is the light of the world. God here has created the light for our benefit. Jeremiah chapter 31 and verse 35. Thus says the Lord, who gives the sun for a light by day, the ordinance of the moon and the stars for a light by night? Who disturbs the sea and its waves roar? The Lord of hosts is his name. It's the Lord that does that. It's the Lord that has these things all in control. He has set them up in a very, very specific order. 
And God is creating and knowing full well that these things that he is creating, there's going to be people wanting to worship them. It just seems like all through history, man has attempted to make gods out of everything that's been created. The sun, the moon, the stars, the animals, you name it. It's been done. We still do it today. We just call it something different. Anything that takes the place of God becomes another God. Where are you spending your time? God created these things for our benefit and for us to enjoy. He did not create them for us to worship. He created them to point us back to him to worship him, to have a relationship with him. He didn't create them for us to worship. We're the ones that keep messing things up in that way. The, the idea is that all things point to God and not to themselves. And you wanna, you wanna know, I mean, just look around at things that we, <laughs> different things that we get to enjoy here and and. Like I said, even the example of the tumbleweed. Look at different things and how they grow and how they produce and how their seed. Just look into some of them. It's incredible. It's really incredible. And, and like I said, that's just the plants. He keeps going in Genesis. So God saw that it was good, this light for the, for the day and for the seasons, so the evening and the morning were the fourth day. Verse 20, then God said, let the waters abound with an abundance of living creatures and let birds fly above the earth and across the face of the firmament of the heavens. So God created great sea creatures and every living thing that moves with which the waters abounded according to their kind and every winged bird according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. So God spoke again and... Uh, Fish, birds, anything that lives in the sea, anything that flies is created. Again, amazing to me. You, you look at some of the creatures, some of the birds that has created, and they, the things that they do, the places, how far they migrate from one place to another. It's just incredible, and they know where to go. They don't have a GPS, but they have an, in, they have an onboard GPS that God designed them with. That's how they know where to go. Incredible. Why, again, would we want to settle for worshiping the creation when we can worship the one who created? Psalm 19.1, the heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament shows his handiwork. That was earlier. So as he's creating these animals and he keeps going, one thing that's different right here in verse 22, it says, and God blessed them saying, be fruitful and multiply and fill the waters in the seas and let birds multiply on the earth. It's the first time he said that, be fruitful and multiply. And some animals don't have any trouble with that. But that's what God told them to do. God blessed them. Were there, animal, were there different animals then? Not necessarily. We've created a lot more um, variations of the same animal. It talks about um, the great sea creature. And you know, this is where people are like, oh man, were there ever dinosaurs or big animals? 
very likely. Do you look later in Genesis, we'll get to it eventually, but you look how long people lived, 900 years. And if people were living that long, why would we think animals would be different? Because I'm sure they were living longer than they do now, which would indicate they probably got bigger than they do now. So they're no, not necessarily any different animals, just maybe bigger animals. Because the world was created perfect. God created a perfect world. This is what he's doing right here. He's putting all the pieces in place for a perfect world. And we'll get into later why it's not perfect. We all know why it's not perfect anymore, because he created man. But he created everything in an order, and it was all perfect. So the evening and morning were the fifth day. Then God said, let the earth bring forth the living creature according to its kind, cattle and creeping things and beasts of the earth, each according to its kind. And it was so. And God made the beast of the earth according to its kind, cattle according to its kind, and everything that creeps on the earth according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. So now we have the light and the darkness. We have the seasons we have the plants, the herbs, the trees, or the fish, the birds, the animals, all according to their kind. What an incredible creation. A perfect world that God set up. What an amazing God that we serve. What an amazing God that we serve. Remember, as we observe things that he created, as we observe things about creation, let that be a reminder to us that there is a creator. It's not necessarily about the creation. It's about the creator. Remember, God is the main character. The sun isn't the main character. The physical sun that we can see in the sky is not the main character. The moon isn't the main character. The stars aren't. The animals, the birds, the fish, none of those are the main character, but we tend sometimes to make them the main character. But let's not get confused. Let's not get distracted by the creation. Why is it so easy to get distracted by the creation and lose focus of the creator? It's not uncommon. It happens all the time. It happens a lot Instead of getting distracted by the creation and losing focus of the creator, let's look at the creation and continually be reminded of the creator. That should be our approach. That should be the way that we look at things. If you look at the details in some of the flowers or in some of the animals or the different instincts that God gave animals, is absolutely incredible. You can't teach it. You can only create it, and that's exactly what God did. When we look at the details of creation, let's be reminded again that there is a creator. Why do we settle, <clears throat> excuse me, 
Why do we settle for the creation when we can worship the creator? God created these things for us to be able to enjoy. He created a perfect world, and next week we're gonna get into creating man and placing man in this world. It was perfect. It was amazing. You picture the best thing that you can think of, and it was better. And the only thing that's gonna compare to that is probably when we get to heaven at this point, because the world that we live in now today is a broken world. It's no longer a perfect world because, man, we have messed it up. And now we produce after our kind, which is a sinful nature. We're going to get into next week about God creating us in his image. I'm excited about the next one. Because we are created in his image. We are not created as a cat. I don't care if you want to be a cat, you're not a cat created in the image of God. So as we go about the week, notice things in our world. Notice details in things and recognize that they're only there because somebody created them. And that person that created them is our Father in heaven. Amazing. Let's be in awe of what he has done. These things didn't just happen. They didn't just randomly come together and these animals have their instincts that they know what to do or these, uh, uh, gra I gotta be careful not to say weeds, but that's what I wanted to say. But these plants and trees, it's not just happenstance that they produce after their own kind. It's because there's a creator that created things in a very specific order for a very specific purpose. And so as we go about our week this week and we realize and recognize things in creation, Let's remember that there is someone that created them, and that's the God that we serve and the God that we worship. Stand up with me, if you would, this morning. Father, we thank you so much for your love. We thank you for your creation that you allow us to be a part of, to live in, to enjoy. But I pray that you would help to keep our focus on you, the creator. Help us not to be distracted by the creation, but help the creation to be something that points to you. Thank you again, Father, for your love. I pray that you would guide each one that goes from here today, help them to have a good week, and I pray that you would help us to keep our eyes open and be in awe of who you are. We love you this morning. In your name we pray. Amen. If you want to, excuse me, shake somebody's hand, and then you can be dismissed.